Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Jake From Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from jakepuntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. All right. Uh, I don't know what you'd want to call the this week specifically, Jake, where there's no college football until Saturday when bowl season starts. We're going to recap the awards that were given out late last week. Of course, the Heisman Trophy, uh, all the position awards, small American teams were announced. But these are the times where you and I show what we're made of, man. It's time to talk some college football when there's not really too much going on. Uh, But it is December 11th. And um, how was your weekend, brother? Man, it was great. Like Weeks like this, we got to bring it. Uh, We'll call it the bye week because I'm on bye week. So. I came home this weekend, uh, which is why you missed me on the last episode. Sorry, DB, for just That's all good. leaving leaving you out to dry. You earned uh, that bye week. Was in a car for a little over nine hours. But, uh, yeah, man, made it home safely. Enjoyed the weekend here at the house in Athens and headed back to the airport today. Got to go back to work, back to the real world. Oh, so you're still in about- Athens. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, sweet. Oh yeah. So awesome. try trying to just soak up all the little bit of time that I get to have in the great state of Georgia. Then back to the real world, back to real life. Yes. But before we do that, let's talk some college football. Yeah, let's definitely talk some college football. I, I'll recap my weekend as well. I took my my daughters and my wife up to New York City. So we did a little New York City Christmas. It was awesome. Nice. Um dog tired still, but we had an absolute (laughs) blast. The weather was great and it was a ton of fun. Hey, this episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. It's two weeks till Christmas Day, everybody. Two weeks until Christmas Day. If you're trying to find the perfect gift at the last minute, just head on over to Solomon Brothers. Jaron and the team will take care of you, and you will be a big winner this holiday season. They have two awesome locations. One is in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other is in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. Why Solomon Brothers? Because they have the biggest selection, the best quality, and the lowest prices with an in-store experience that's totally unmatched. If you go to Solomon Brothers Jewelers and tell them that punt and pass sent you or mention myself or Jake Fromm, you can get up to 10% off your jewelry purchase. The store is for anyone 
with any budget. And again, the lowest price is on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. Check them out on social media. You can get some great inspiration at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. Check out their website as well, SolomonBrothers.com. They've got everything. They've got gifts for the women in your life. They've got awesome watch selections and other jewelry for the men in your life. Check them out. SolomonBrothers.com. Shout out to Solomon Brothers. Yeah, man. Was up in New York. We took the girls up there. We did Radio City Rockettes. That was actually a lot of fun. Cool. Saw the saw the big Christmas tree at 30 Rock, uh, where my wife used to work. She worked up there for four years out of college. So reminisce, did Central Park, did uh, Macy's on 34th Street. We did it all. We, we literally did it all. The girls hung in there. It was a ton of fun. So we were up there Thursday to Saturday. Uh, got a couple of go dogs up there. Dog Nation is nice. everywhere. So uh, it was tons of fun, man. We're back. Watched NFL football yesterday, uh, and now back to reality on a Monday. I hear you, man. In 2021, you know, when I was with the Giants for just a little bit, my wife and I got to do the whole Christmas time in New York. Like, that's such a cool place. It's the best. During yeah. Christmas time, right? I mean, it's Very just, special. A, just a neat experience. Just the whole the whole city. Got a lot of cool stuff they do, and it's, uh, it's crazy. It's hectic. I mean, just traveling there stresses oh. me out. Yeah, no doubt about that. We missed our flight Thursday morning, made it to the airport oh. in plenty of time. You know, security lines were a mess. Thankfully, Atlanta to New York, there's a flight like every 40 minutes. So we got on the next flight and essentially landed at the same time as our original flight. So, you know, got lucky on that one, but we did have a lot of fun. Um, and as you could probably guess, whose fault was it that we did not make the flight? Um, all fingers were pointed at me. I stuck up for myself, of course, um, but it was... It was an adventure, to say the least. We made it in good time, though. So you got home. Tell me this. I saw you did the barbecue review with Russ Tanner. Uh, oh, I yeah. did that the week prior for the SEC Championship. Where did you guys go? I haven't watched it yet, but I saw it on my social media feed. Uh, we went to a barbecue spot in Nicholson uh, Creek uh, Barbecue. Golly, man, this is actually killing me. Was it classic uh, Georgia style? Uh, it was, yes. Um well, gotcha. Brunswick stew, pulled pork, all the good stuff. Have you ever had chicken mull? Chicken mull? M-U-L-L? M-U-L-L. It's the no, first time I've ever had it. Apparently, it's like a North Georgia thing. Chicken mull. Um, chicken no. mull. It's like if you could think of like chicken clam chowder. Like that's that's what it looks like. And I'm still trying to figure out what it tastes like. Like it was good. But the whole time you're eating, you're just like, man, what what soup is this trying to be? You know, I got like chicken and rice on one side of my brain. I got clam chowder on one side of my brain. And it's somewhere in the middle. I didn't huh. quite understand it, but it was good. Um, the ribs there were amazing. Um, really? Yeah, man. It was a cool experience. Dude. Russ does a great job. He, you know, obviously, Russ is hilarious. He is and, too funny. And he just, he just has fun with it, man. So... Yeah, What's Cabin a, Creek Barbecue Cabin in, Creek, that's in Georgia. Um, people are saying best barbecue in Georgia. I'm looking at the comments. Cabin Creek is the bomb. Um, somebody said I had no idea Jake Fromm was that big. So that's a good compliment for you because you're about just as big nice. as Russ Tanner. Um, yeah, it looks like it's all pretty good. People are saying fork all day, fork, fork. So I don't know what that is. Did you talk about a fork or something? Yeah, so Russ Russ was going in to the mac and cheese deal with a spoon. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, you Mac go and with... cheese with a spoon? Yeah. I'm yeah, like, you got to go with like, a fork. You got to go with a fork. And so anyway, 
you know, say, Hey, leave in the comments. Are you a fork guy or a oh, spoon perfect. guy for mac and cheese? And, um, yeah, looks like clearly I won worked. that one. Yeah, yeah. It clearly worked. Uh, last <laughs> one, somebody named Bob Heron said, <clears throat> Cabin Creek Barbecue is the best barbecue restaurant in Northeast Georgia. The Sunday buffet is amazing. Do yourself a favor and try it out soon. If you don't follow Russ Tanner on Instagram, rtanner50 on Instagram, every Friday he puts up a barbecue review with former Georgia football players. Russ was David Green Center in the early 2000s at Georgia. Great guy. Clint Bowling and I took him to Fox Brothers in Atlanta the Friday before SEC Championship Week, and we had a blast. We laughed a bunch, and I don't think I ate for like 24 hours after that. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was stuck after that as well. Tons of fun. All right, let's dive into some college football stuff. We'll keep it pretty short today. The Heisman Trophy was given out on Saturday night, and I think everybody pretty much expected the winner to be Jaden Daniels from LSU, and of course, that is who ended up winning the 2023 Heisman Trophy. He finished with 2,029 points. He had 503 first-place votes, second place in the voting results. Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. He finished with 1,700 points. He had 292 first-place votes. Rounding out the top four, Bo Nix from Oregon. The quarterback obviously finishes third. Marvin Harrison Jr., finishes fourth, the wide receiver from Ohio State. Of note, before we get into some thoughts on this trophy specifically and this season's Heisman Trophy race, Jordan Travis finishes fifth place in the Heisman Bodie. He got eight first-place votes. How about Jalen Milrow, who was benched earlier in the season? He finishes sixth in the Heisman place voting. He had four first-place votes. And I got to give a shout-out to Cody Schrader, the running back from Missouri. This dude is a straight-up baller. He finished eighth in the Heisman Trophy voting. He got one first-place vote. You text me this earlier. I'm surprised he even made it on the voting results list. J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback from Michigan, he finished 10th in the Heisman Trophy voting. He got one first-place vote for the Heisman Trophy. I don't even know if we want to justify that with commentary, um, but I don't know who the hell voted a first place Heisman Trophy vote for J.J. McCarthy. That's not taking anything away from J.J. McCarthy, number one team in the nation. He's the quarterback of it. But that offense and his performance personally does not warrant being even on the Heisman Trophy ballot. No, no, it does not. I mean, I'm going to give whoever voted the benefit of the doubt and say the only reason why he got a vote was because he was a quarterback for the number one ranked okay. team in the country. Like, hey, I, I get that. You can make that argument. There's an argument there. Yeah. Um, but anything other than that, you're going to lose me very quickly on that. Um, Jay Daniels, statistically, it was his all day long. So I, I really think they got it right historically with like the way they've you know, voted and who's won the Heisman Trophy. Um, but there's a lot of arguments, too, that late in the year, they were stat padding. LSU had three losses. It's kind of like weird one of those times where the Heisman Trophy winner wasn't on a, a team that had something to win, right, yeah. late in the year. So that was a little interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Michael Penix Jr. got a lot of votes. He did. Um, I mean, Because I think without him on that football team, I, I, they're not – remotely close to the same team. I think they're a two, maybe three loss team at at best uh, without him playing quarterback for the team. 
Do you think if Oregon would have won the Pac-12 championship that the votes for Penix and Bo Nix would have flip-flopped? Mm. Do you think Bo Nix would yeah. have been second place? Penix would have been third place? Penix looked great that Friday night in the Pac-12 championship. Obviously, his team is ranked second. They're in the college football playoff. But I kind of saw those two as interchangeable late in the year. Yeah. And I totally get what you're saying as far as the stat padding goes for LSU. Three losses out of the SEC West. They didn't beat Alabama. But when you look at Jaden Daniels' statistics, oh, they're 72.2% completion percentage, which yeah. is absurd. 40 touchdowns, passing touchdowns to just four interceptions, 3,800 passing yards. Oh, yeah, and then he ran the ball 135 times for 1,100 yards and another 10 touchdowns. That's good for 8.4 yards per carry. Just a remarkable season. Um, and if they had any any defense this team could have been a serious contender i saw in their three losses their defense allowed like over 45 points per game in their three losses and the offense scored like 42 points per game like there's just no way they could overcome how poor their defense was in those three losses so i get the stat padding um i get that the team wasn't in the mix, but when you break out the stats like that, it's like, dude, look, Jake Daniels was doing everything he possibly could. The defense was just so poor in those specific matchups. Honestly, in a very arbitrary, weird way, that's almost the the formula for success to win a Heisman Trophy is to have a very prolific offense with a very mediocre slash bad defense because you have to keep scoring in order to win football games, right? Like, if you have a great defense, I mean, yeah, you're going to go and, and put points up on the board, but at some point, you're you're calling the dogs off, right? Yes. If you're up, if you're up 40 to zero, you're calling the dogs up. But if the game is 40 to 30 or 40, you know, 40 to 38, like, you're still scoring in order to extend your lead to make sure you're winning you the have football to. game. So, yeah, right? You're just something you have to do. So, in a weird way, that's kind of the, the formula or recipe for success to win a Heisman Trophy, in my opinion. Ranking among Heisman winners, Jaden Daniels, first total yards per game, first total yards per play, first passer rating, first total QBR, first total YPA, what is that, yards per attempt, first total adjusted yards per attempt, first rushing yards per carry, tied first for lowest amount of interceptions thrown, second points per game responsible for, fourth completion percentage. So just a prolific year all the way around for Jaden Daniels, a worthy Heisman Trophy winner. There is no doubt about it. Check this out, okay, in regards to J.J. McCarthy. My buddy Chris Marler from Saturday Down South at Vern Funquist on Twitter just pointed this out. J.J. McCarthy statistics with and without Connor Stallions. Connor Stallions, of course. Ooh. The Ooh, this is about to be good. former uh, assistant who got caught up in the sign-stealing scandal. J.J. McCarthy, total touchdowns in each game with Connor Stallions. Ready? Three, two, two, one, three, three, three. Without Connor Stallions. Four against Michigan State. Good job. Zero against Purdue, zero against Penn State, zero against Maryland, only one against Ohio State, and zero against Iowa. Wow. So maybe Connor Stallions should have gotten a Heisman Trophy vote because those statistics, that trend is a little bit glaring that when he did not have the help 
of the sign-stealing guru that is Connor Stallions, J.J. McCarthy, definitely took a step back as far as putting touchdowns up on the scoreboard. So something to watch because Stallions is not there. Michigan does have four weeks to prepare for Alabama. A lot of people are starting to move towards that Alabama flavor, that momentum that they have after beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. So that will be an awesome Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I just want two last things about the Heisman deal, and then we can move on. Sorry about that. Please. Uh, Jaden Daniels, like he had all the uh, the passing stats when Joe Burrow like lit it up in 2019. Like He has very similar passing oh, yeah. stats to Joey B, right? And we, that was an incredible season toward up. But then he also has all the rushing stats on top it's of insane. that too, which is also insane. And then the second point I wanted to make was his touchdown to interception ratio. Unbelievable. 40 something to four picks. Like that's crazy. It reminds me of Aaron Rodgers MVP season that he had like 42 touchdowns and four picks. So that's NFL type stuff up there with NFL greats. Congrats to him. Got to give props where props is due. No like, doubt about it. And keep in mind, he transferred from Arizona State. Ooh. Did you see this tweet about the former players that run Arizona State's offense years ago? I did. I played with one of them, Curtis Hodges, the tight end. So Curtis Hodges, you played with him in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he's he always in yeah. the NFL. Okay. Yeah. Arizona State's 21, 2021 offense had. Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner. Johnny Wilson, first round NFL draft pick coming up this year, who's at Florida State now. Rashad White, who just tore up the Falcons. He's the starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ricky Pearsall, who's doing, you know, he had a really good season at Florida. He was about the most explosive player on Florida's offense. Jalen Conyers, Trip Trainium, Curtis Hodges, and Ladarius Henderson, who's a big offensive lineman NFL draft prospect. So you're looking at a team in 2021 at Arizona State who was loaded with talent, and they just couldn't do anything with it. Herm Edwards, that might not be the best look. Uh, five of the last seven Heisman Trophy winners, transfers. Wow. Baker May- Baker May- five of the transfer. last seven. Kyler Murray, transfer. Transfer. Joey B, transfer. transfer. Now, the only other two that are went, not transferred went to Alabama. Went to Alabama. <laughs> Devonta Smith, Bryce Young. Fascinating. Yep. And then Caleb Williams and then Jaden Daniels. Wow. Five of the last seven Heisman Trophy winners are transfers, and the two that didn't transfer were from the University of Alabama. Yep. Nice stat, Jake from. Interesting. Just trying to, just trying to show up today, right? Interesting. You are. You're showing up in a big way. All right, let's uh, recap some other awards that were given out Friday night during the ESPN College Football Awards. Brock Bowers wins the Mackey Award even after missing four games for the nation's best tight end. The first time in the awards history that a player has gone back to back. Brock Bowers, undoubtedly the best tight end in the nation. So huge congrats to him. How about Lab McConkey winning the Warful Trophy, which is given for community service excellence and on the field, and academic performance. Lab McConkie, that is a huge honor, the Warfel Trophy, named after Danny Warfel. A fantastic award that is given out annually. That's the first Georgia player that has won the Warfel Trophy. Maxwell Award, Player of the Year, was given to Michael Penix Jr. Congratulations to him. Marvin Harris Jr. wins the Blitnikoff Award for the best wide receiver. I think that was pretty expected as well. Got to give a shout out to Tory Taylor from Iowa, the punter. He had 87 punts. That's just incredible. His stat line, he was a 
game changer for Iowa, obviously. He wins the Ray Guy Award as the best punter. Lou Groza Award winner for the best kickers, Graham Nicholson from Miami of Ohio. He had a great year also. And Jaden Daniels wins the Davey O'Brien Award as the best quarterback. I think I just said that. So other awards were given out, uh, but it was a pretty, I think, low-key award season. A lot of these awards, people knew who was going to get what, uh, and it certainly seemed to work out that way. Um, Yeah, pretty interesting. And now everybody, what? It's finals week, Jay. Kind of talk about what this week is like when you're – in the mix between bowl practice and award seasons done and you got to finish up in the classroom tell our audience what that's like yeah this is such a mixed bag week because you have some guys who are absolutely chilling life is good they got one maybe final um so they basically have a week off to just go chill and do whatever they want get their two lifts in head home hang out whatever extracurricular activity they want to do. And then for some guys, man, they're just grinding four, maybe five finals. Um, so it just really just depends on your schedule and yeah. uh, just trying to enjoy what you got. Cause uh, as soon as finals weeks is over, it's uh, back to the grind, back to practice and getting dialed in uh, to play Florida state. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you're, you're totally right. Like the older guys, the upperclassmen, maybe some have already graduated. Maybe some are getting ready to graduate and walk. It's just totally different from when you're in your freshman classes and you have four finals and you're trying to make grades. Um, that's the stressful time. And of course, football takes a backseat this week because, yeah, you got to train. Um, you might have some walkthroughs, but it's way less yeah. uh, intense than it is during the week because the academic side really comes into play. And of course the coaches want to make sure that not everything is getting thrown to the wayside. I also saw some interesting talking points about just the orange bowl in general. Are these teams going to be excited to play? Uh, Will the game even be played? I saw that literally be talked about. I'm like, yes, the game will of course be played. Uh, I don't think Carson Beck has made it official yet. What he's going to do signs point to him certainly coming back for UGA, but just, uh, just, this is the week where you got to, Kind of shift the focus, get your work done in the classroom. And then bowl practice is one of those weeks where you really bond with your team. Everybody's off campus. It's just the guys. It's football 24-7. You have a couple of team activities maybe planned at night for a couple of days. And then you get to go home for Christmas and then meet back at the bowl site. So an interesting week for sure. Uh, What else? Go ahead. Nothing. I was just like mine. the way I always felt of that bowl practice was like a very – chilled out camp like all the good stuff that comes along with camp that's what bowl practice and bowl week is like they're not trying to kill you you're trying yeah. to get in obviously and get your work in um but it's you a lot don't more start fun. prep you don't start game planning until you get to the bowl site correct uh i mean yes and no they they kirby likes to mix in periods where you you, you think you're just working against the defense, but really they're on cards and going against whoever you're playing. Yeah. Um, they try to sneak that stuff in there without you really knowing or, or getting ahead of yourself, but um, they'll definitely have a week or maybe two weeks where, Hey, we're, we're focused on us. We're getting better. Uh, a lot more camp style practices with some good on good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Fundamentals, good on good, all that good stuff. Uh, what else is good stuff? Solomon brothers jewelers. And mm-hmm. if you need the good stuff for the holidays, you need to head into Solomon brothers jewelers. They have two awesome locations. One is in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon beautiful showroom. The other, if you're downtown or around the action, it's 17th floor tower place 
in Buckhead. Two weeks till Christmas, people. Two weeks until Christmas. If you need to get something special for that special person in your life, head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. They have the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast, and it gets better because if you mention punt and pass or myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. They have custom jewelry designs, lifetime diamond upgrades, and beautiful stores with amazing service. Check them out on Instagram and Twitter at Solomon Brothers, online at SolomonBrothers.com. Did you get to watch any of that Army-Navy game this past weekend? Not as much as I wanted to. Uh, we were busy moving around. Uh, got to uh, sneak up and watch a little bit of dinner um, while we were out and about. But uh, yeah, dude, just that game's so cool, man. Everything awesome. that goes into that game, like the the atmosphere, the scenery, like everybody's pumped up. It's just that game. The uniforms are cool. Um, yeah, everything about that game is pretty, pretty awesome. Looked so awesome. It was up in Boston this year at Foxborough Gillette Stadium. My good buddy, former roommate, Georgia great NFL vet, Clint Bowling, went up there. He said it was so sick. The atmosphere was awesome. Pretty good weather as well. The pageantry, the the march on, the flyovers looked amazing. And of course, if you had any vested interest in the game, it came down to the very last second. So of note, I believe the under in the Army Navy game has gone 16 and one the past 17 games. And this game opened early in the week at 30 total points. The over under was 30. Now, service academy unders are usually the play. So when service academies play against each other, Army, Navy, Air Force, they all typically run triple option offenses. That means what? You're running the ball a lot. The clock doesn't stop. There are very few incompletions to stop the clock. A lot of times, these teams practice against themselves so they're good at defending the triple option which means not a lot of first downs a lot of punts the clock just churns and churns and churns this got bet so much to the under jake that it closed at 27 and a half points that was the total at kickoff 27 and a half total points i believe the score was 10 nothing at half right looking pretty good if you have an under ticket Army was up 10-0 at half. Navy starts a little comeback late in the second half. Navy puts some points up on the board. It is 17-9. to 17-9 with less than a minute left. Army gets the ball back deep in their own territory. 17-9, to nine, if I'm doing my math correctly, Jake, is 26 points. Mm. There was about four seconds left in the game. All Army needed to do was run one play. The game would be over. Under betters everywhere celebrate. Army decides to take a slow safety, which means the quarterback takes the ball. He lets the clock wind down to about one second. And then he steps out of the back of the end zone as the clock goes to zero, putting two points on the board for Navy. Final score, 17 to 11. That total is 28. Under betters at 27 and a half. Good night and good evening. You lose. Truly unbelievable. I mean, I'm watching it going, this cannot be happening. I did not have a vested interest in the game. I, of course, knew what was happening in that moment. Uh, but if you did and you lost in that fashion, may God bless you. We, we wow. think about you in the moments like that. That is a, uh, that's tough. I mean, could you imagine just watching <laughs> the entire game, feeling good? about your your investment that you just made 
And then, even if it yeah, was five dollars, yeah, five dollars right. or five million dollars, it stings in the worst way possible. <laughs> I mean, just because you know they're backed up, they're on the minus one yard line. So quickly, in my head, like you have three different options for plays, right? You can run the QB sneak to get out of it. You can take the safety, which is what they did, or you can uh, back run- dive. I mean, it's a triple option team, dude. They do this That's every true. single play. That is true. Or you can just catch a shotgun snap, do a little sprint right footwork, and launch the ball as deep as you can um, just to burn out some clock. So that's done, uh, you know, a couple times as well throughout the season. So to me, those are the three options, and they they pick the one that uh, gives <laughs> That hurt gives everybody. Points, that gives points to the team and hurts everybody. So that's uh, that's funny. I mean, it's I- not funny, but it's <laughs> – it's it's unfortunate, it is funny. I guess. Yeah. It is it is funny and it is unfortunate. I will say I thought Brad Nessler missed a great opportunity to, you know, at least make a jab about that. He said, you know, and this safety won't have any impact on the outcome of the game. Of course it didn't. The game was over. Army goes on to win 17 to 11, but I thought he could have given a little hat tip to everybody out there that just got their souls <laughs> absolutely crushed. That is a great game though. It's always a standalone game. On a Saturday afternoon, the weekend after conference championship games, uh, Army with a big win. If you have not seen the post-game locker room speech slash celebration from Jeff Munkin and the Army locker room, it's awesome. Uh, It's one of the most special games in all of college football. Thank you so much to all those guys at our service academies who make our country great. All right, wrapping things up. Um, How about the transfer portal? It's still hot and heavy. Starting quarterbacks at some premier college football teams are just up and leaving. Dylan Gabriel, who started at Oklahoma this year, he had a great year. Sounds like he's going to Oregon. I don't think Kyle McCord, the starting quarterback for Ohio State this past year, has announced where he's going. Looks like Riley Leonard is going to Notre Dame. Did I see that correctly, Jake? Uh, I know that he's taking a visit there. Um, I, I th- the, the grapevine that I've heard is that he's probably going there, but uh, you just you never know until you get some pen to paper. Um, but and the transfer report is crazy. Just do you imagine being the coaching staff or you know whoever in Oklahoma and be like, man, we we had a good season. Would be Texas. They're in the college football playoff. Um, I mean, we're we're right there, right? We're just one game away from being in the college football playoff, and oh, there goes my starting quarterback. So, just just different perspectives. Yeah, um, it's all like I'm obviously in favor of the players. Yeah, but just sometimes you just got to take a step back and look at stuff from different perspectives. Um, so, yeah, I just the the Colin McCord one still still blows my mind. Looks uh, like he may be going to Nebraska. I'm on on three's transfer portal predictor right now looks like he might be going to nebraska yeah uh, i mean do you think the coaches pushed him out do you think it was like hey man appreciate it but things didn't work out this year uh go ahead and put your name in the portal like i i maybe see that as an option but i figured if that was the case they would have already gotten a commit or a transfer from someone else like they had to have something in the works and it sounds like Cam Ward, Cam Ward from Washington State, who's from Texas initially, um, sounds like he might be on Ohio State's shortlist, as well as maybe Dante Moore, the freshman from 
UCLA. So those are more like your speedster athletic type guys who could fit really well into that offense. How about Tyler Van Dyke? I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, starting quarterback at Miami, he's still yeah. undecided. He's in the transfer portal. Will Howard from Kansas State, again, a guy who's won a conference championship. He's undecided at the moment. So, so much time. Um, and we'll see what happens, but we'll keep it locked in right here on punt and pass. Georgia High School. Football state championships are this week. Um, so yeah. today through Wednesday, did you ever play in the state? Did you ever play in the dome, Corky no, Kell or man. state championship or anything? I, I wish didn't uh, didn't have that luxury. Uh, we lost in the third round twice my sophomore and junior year. Uh, we were Who'd close, you lose man. to? Do you remember? Got beat by Stockbridge my sophomore year on a terrible call, which I I, I had no idea this this rule even existed. So. Uh, they punted us. This was late in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. They were punting. We're about to get the ball, go do our two-minute drill drive, you know, score some more points. We're winning up by like two scores. They punt the ball. Punter punts it straight up in the air, right? So everybody's like, you know, Peter, 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 get away from it. Everybody starts running off. We start running on. Well, the ball never crossed the line of scrimmage. Okay. So apparently, I don't know if this still this, I still need confirmation on this. The ball never crossed the line of scrimmage. They called it a live ball. One of their dudes picked up the ball. Now, mind you, there's transition. Their defense is on. Our offense is starting to walk on the field. One of their dudes on the punt team picks up the ball and runs it into the end zone, and they call it a touchdown. How is that even possible if the ball was kicked? I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Does not still to this day doesn't make any sense to me, but they score, get this tremendous what? amount. Uh, they score, they call a touchdown, get this tremendous amount of momentum. The uh, announcer over the intercom, the mighty, 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 mighty Tigers. I saw bad dreams about this, and we <laughs> end up losing the game. I mean, this is, I just cannot believe that that happened. Um, and dude, it's like, I, I don't know, I don't know what to, what to say about it. That's year, ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, next year we lose Sorry. to a uh, uh, Cobb County team. Um, it was the first Cobb County team to win a state championship in, I think, a really long time. Um, they're gray, Alpharetta-ish. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. But they they beat us. They ended up winning a state championship. They had, like, two quarterback sneaks. The dude took it to the house for, like, 60, 80 yards. It wasn't Harrison, was it? No. No, it wasn't Harrison. Great team. Man. Well, sorry know. to bring those bad memories. Sorry. I apologize. Sorry, sorry. You know who's probably having bad day today? Patrick Mahomes. What were your thoughts on that? It was an unbelievable play. I don't know if it was drawn up that way. Travis Kelsey catches it so deep down field, turns that's around. That's just Kelsey being Kelsey. That's what I thought too. Yeah. But whose fault is that? Is it Kadarius Tony not checking with the line judge and saying, Am I good? Uh, is it Patrick Mahomes not getting sh- short, making sure that his guys are lined up? Or is it just simply Kadarius Tony kind of spacing out and being in the neutral zone because he was clearly in the neutral zone. You can easily make the argument why would the referee call that penalty? Uh, it cost the Chiefs the game. It's unbelievable uh, play. I, I'm I'm dumbfounded that they called it. So you it's, are. It's, so you are. Yeah, it's it's a little. It's definitely on KT because as a receiver, you got to know. You well, you you always look and you always check with the guy. So I don't know what that check with the was. check with the ball spot or check with the line judge. Check with the line judge. Yes. Okay. Um, That's very what I similar, thought too. Very similar thing happened to us with the Commanders last year. Um, uh, one of our receivers wasn't on. 
He got the thumbs up from the line judge. Got the thumbs up from the line judge, and the line judge still called him for a legal formation. That's crazy. So stuff like this is, because he is, checked with the line judge. Am I on the line? Got the thumbs up, and then the ball snapped, and they throw the flag and say legal formation. He was not on. The it line. wasn't on the line scrimmage. So it, it's it's on it's on the receiver. You got to check with the line judge, but then also, man, for line judge, like this this ultimately has virtually zero impact on the play. If there's a that was Mahomes' that was Mahomes' point. Yeah, like if if there's a, a something that ha- like a defensive holding that happened in the play, like I get it, that's tic tacky if it's away from the play, but it's during the play, right? You can always make the argument that it had impact on the play because it was during the play, but that six inches, whether or not he's on the ball, off the ball, and, and at the end of the day, it wasn't like he was blatantly off sides. He was in the neutral zone, which isn't egregious uh, on its own. And then Andy Reid made a great point too after the game, his press conference. It's like, hey, normally when that stuff happens, there is a warning that takes place. Yes. The defensive ends always, always. Get, a, always get a warning. So the line judge will go to the defensive end and be like, hey, you, you got to back it up. I got to call you next time. Oh, or, you know, tackles get that benefit of the doubt. Hey, you, you got to step up because uh, tackles like to separate themselves uh, from the line of scrimmage to, to help out their pass protection wise. So there's always this warning that takes place in this communication that takes place. Because the last thing the NFL wants is for something like that to happen in that game, in that moment, after, especially after, too, the play that Travis Kelsey just made. No doubt. If you, watch, if you watch the Chiefs and watch him play, if he's out in that open space and deep down the field, he's always looking. He threw a line. dime, too. He threw, threw a, a dime. dime to Kadarius Tony. <laughs> I, I, I play. I, just one of the better football plays that's ever happened. And two, it would have just been even better too, if they would have won the game. So sorry, I just, I I went in right there and I, I appreciate it. I need that insight from an NFL quarterback. So who do you guys have this week? Who you guys playing this week? uh, We're going to go out to LA and play the Rams. All right. Good Um, deal. Kind of excited. I've uh, never met uh, Matt Stafford before. You never met Matthew before? Never met him. Wow. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be very cool. Good game coming up this weekend. Washington Commanders at the Los Angeles Rams. All right, uh, we'll find some stuff to talk about for Thursday's episode. We got bowl season kicking off on Saturday. That will be a ton of fun. Reminder, Christmas is two weeks away, people. Head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. They have two amazing locations that you can hit up. One's in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other in Buckhead, 17th floor, Tower Place. Why Solomon Brothers? They've got the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast, and it gets better. If you mentioned Punt and Pass or myself or Jake, you can get 10% off your jewelry purchase. They have an amazing watch selection for guys as well. They offer custom jewelry designs, lifetime diamond upgrades, and the in-store experience is totally unmatched. Check them out on social media, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter, SolomonBrothers.com. Check us out on social media as well at punt and pass i'm at drew butler he's at from jake punt and pass.com jake anything on the way out my man no man i think uh you got me thinking dude christmas is two weeks it's crazy away. it's coming it's coming, it's coming. Ready. and we're gonna have a great holiday season appreciate everybody tuning in and we will talk to you on thursday see you yep this morning in the atlanta airport No one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. 
Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.